So, we're going to talk about this because I saw it again last night. You purchased it yesterday, watched I, it with your wife. Yep. Okay, so uh, we're going to talk about your second reaction to Birds of Prey. So, since you have your wife in this, let me know your... Well, give me your thoughts and give me your wife's thoughts. Well, it's really funny because I... Because we were talking about this back and forth in text, you know, what we were going to be discussing. And I was like, oh yeah, let me go yeah. ahead and do that. And I went ahead and purchased it. And... You know, we were winding down, and I was like, hey, let's watch a movie while we eat dinner. And she's like, okay. And so I put it on my Roku, because I bought it, like, via, like, Amazon movies or whatever. And uh-huh. she saw it, and she's like, wait, did you buy this? I was like, yeah. She's like, I thought you said it sucked. And I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, we, <laughs> we like to support DC movies. We may not like them all, but we like to support them. Yeah. So I went ahead and purchased it. And plus, I want to talk about it on the podcast she's like okay and as soon as she started saying stuff about it while we were watching it instead of just yeah. like shushing her i like grabbed a notepad and i started writing some stuff down so uh, nice she said that the harley quinn in birds of prey does not translate well from suicide squad that was her very first comment that was okay that was by the time she ran through Ace Chemicals. So literally, uh-huh. the opening scene, she said that Harley Quinn did not translate well from Suicide Squad. Like the <laughs> okay, the difference in I guess her attitude and things like that. Yeah, uh, I can see that. I immediately noticed a lot more fourth like wall breaking, like looking into yeah. the actual camera. That's something that I noticed a lot. Um, and then, what I say? Uh, oh, so also, I wanted to reconfirm this because there was rumors that a lot of the stuff with the diamond uh, was cut out from the original cut. And mm-hmm. a lot of the talk, like whenever a character was talking about the diamond, it was yeah. always turning into a like a flashback or the focus one on somebody else or something. Uh, so I think that a lot of stuff was cut out of this film because of the rumored dick pic or whatever from Black Mask. Yeah. When Abby, my wife, when that whole part where Harley Quinn is ex- explaining the diamond, she says, wait, mm-hmm. what? What is this? The Pink Panther? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was her comment. Um, I don't know if you've ever saw the live action Pink Panther movie. No. Uh, but uh, my wife. But Steve Martin? Yeah. No, I've never seen it. <laughs> My wife continued to say throughout the movie that it was cliche after cliche. Uh, kept on mm-hmm. uh, talking about Deadpool. Uh, I noticed that uh, Margot Robbie's accent for Harley Quinn was not mm-hmm. always there. Like, I, I really wanted to focus on some stuff, and I really noticed that she broke out of character as far as accent goes throughout the movie. Yeah. Well, um, that happened in Suicide Squad, too, though. Oh, so. really? Yeah, she doesn't I, hold the thing. It's just I, different moments. Yeah, I still haven't seen Suicide Squad more than once. I mm-hmm. like I own it, but I still haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, my wife said that uh, the cinematography, like the way the film was shot, isn't very unique to the Harley Quinn character. Like it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like, hey, this is now. Of course, the movie was, I guess, uh, marketed and you know, sold as a Birds of Prey movie, 
But we yeah. all know this was very much a Harley Quinn movie that featured the Birds of Prey. And mm-hmm. she said that it just, like, if you equate it to, hey, again, Deadpool, a lot of the things that they did in that movie was, you know, targeted for a Deadpool movie. Yeah. There was nothing special, is what my wife said, about this movie that made it feel like, oh, this is for Harley Quinn. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, she very much picked up on the 80s and 90s vibe of the film. Uh, I picked up on uh, the old Black Canary being in Gotham, if this was a reference to uh, Frank Miller's All-Star like... Batman or Robin. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's like an Easter egg or anything else. Uh, if anything, I thought it would be like the Justice Society. Yeah. Would be her. Uh, so. Also, uh, today, as of when we are recording this, uh, Twitter actually had a quarantine watch party of Birds of Prey. Oh, uh, really? With Kathy Yan, uh, with Jesse Smollett, with Gail Simone. Uh, they were all tweeting. Like, they basically said, hey, we're pressing start now. And then whoever wanted to, like, ask questions throughout the movie while they were commenting on it, uh, they mm-hmm. were doing that. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, Kathy Yan... Said the part where uh, the, I guess, commissioner or whatever, whoever is in Gotham, uh, yeah. tells uh, uh, Renee Montoya, like, hey, we have a dress code. Mm-hmm. Apparently that was that was not in the script. That was... Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, so just, like, giving off random stuff, if y'all want to look back at their tweets and learn some stuff about the movie, uh, Gail Simone was retweeting everything. So I really? had like I had a ton of notifications. So she liked the movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Gail Simone very much likes the movie. She was uh, very adamant about promoting it when it came out. Yeah. When we watched, when we first watched it, um, Abby really enjoyed the uh, evidence room choreography. She said that felt like Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. So we're still kind of like in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Uh, she was very much annoyed at the, like, hold up a second, I forgot to tell you this, and, you know, the whole going back yeah. and whatever. And I very much noticed that, like, a good chunk of the movie, like I said, the main story of the movie, took. I said this when we first talked about it, it all took place in one day, but a good mm-hmm. chunk of the movie was Harley Quinn talking about a week earlier. So there was a lot of setup for something that really didn't, like, that was, I think that's become one of my really big pet peeves, even in comics, when people are like, oh, 14 minutes ago, oh, three days ago, Mm -hmm. oh, one week ago. Like, just start the comic, start the movie, start whatever there, and then move forward. Mm -hmm. I think that helps progress a lot better, unless there is a big reveal that would work with a, you know, step back to show you. But mm. it just didn't work well with this movie, I don't think. Um, the uh, I noticed that Huntress uh, was the the purple car that she told Cassandra Kane to hold during the yeah. fight scene at the very end. I think that had a lot more precedent in the original cut as well. Same thing with the diamond. Yeah, uh, probably. Just because they really focused on it whenever it was on screen. So, like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So I just think there was a probably a more emotional attachment to the car that we were supposed to feel 
that we never got yeah. because probably a lot of it was cut out with from the original story. Um, the oh, I noticed that the uh, the amusement mile booby trap Corey, uh, like fight scene with all of yeah. uh, Black Mask's goons or whatever, it reminded me very much of a. I don't know if you you guys are too young listening to this. If you've ever seen the original Mighty Morphin Power Ranger movie, there mm-hmm. are two really big fight scenes in that movie. Uh, one being like at a construction site, the other being like on a far off planet. It was very cheesy in the manner of like Power Rangers. Like it just yeah. felt like a Power Rangers fight. And I was like, okay, that's a little weird. But again, fits with the 80s, 90s vibe. Uh, the canary cry was still very lackluster, I felt. Yeah. And when Black Mass died, Abby just looked at me and said, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I still think Huntress's outfit is stupid. And, uh, Abby's last comments were, I mean, it picked up when they were all together. So the very end of the mm-hmm. movie. And she said, "If we were at a regular theater, we would have. Uh, I would have been bored." Uh, she noticed the uh, less sexualization of Harley, mm-hmm. and I told her that was kind of a thing that they wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, but her final comment, and I actually texted you this this morning because she said it this morning. She said, "I think the story of what she was describing before the intro uh, would have been better," and that is basically like. I told her like a Harleen story, like yeah, the cartoon part. She said I would have liked to see that rather than what I saw on in the actual movie. Well, that was supposed to be the Joker Harley movie. That was supposed to be written by the um, like Punch Love Drugs or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, Screenwriters yeah. or whatever. Like that was supposed to be the Joker Harley movie. Yeah, and also on top of a Gotham City Sirens movie and yeah. everything else, and, and then, on top of a Joker movie. And then I also told you that she felt that it was just like it was basically a Lifetime movie that could have been put on CW. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so with my second viewing, I did have to watch this like in split. Um, well, I mean, I kind of watched it all last night, but I feel like I started it during the day and then I finished it uh, later on. But I only um, watched like fi- 10, 15 minutes uh, like during the day. Uh, I will say, after watching this, like, I want to kind of step back my comment of saying it's almost as bad as Suicide Squad, because Suicide Squad is way worse than this movie, in my opinion. Yeah? Uh, yeah, like, after watching this, like, the second time, I thought it was tolerable. Okay, like, I see, wasn't as, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I did. I didn't hate it as much either, and I think I have to see, I definitely have to use this time that we are quarantined. Uh, yeah. to watch Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I bought. I the still extended don't like Suicide Squad. And I will try to watch it again. Um, I enjoyed it in theaters, to be honest. I, I will be okay with saying, like, my first initial thoughts of Suicide Squad was, hey, that was a decent movie. But then when I learned that there was connections more so mm-hmm. to, like, the bigger dc universe movies as they were going then so yeah you know snyder's vision there was gonna be freaking stefan wolf and like there was a mother box involved and things like that and then they changed mm-hmm. it like that 
kind of upset me to the point where like that probably would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, but that just that info just came out recently though. Uh, that Cause, like because David Ayers just confirmed that like a month or two ago. No, no, no. That was a few months ago. That was like within my even first... then. Suicide Squad's been out for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's what so I'm saying. You like, liked I, it up until a couple months ago. I liked it, and I was like, okay, cool. And then when I heard that, I was like, oh man, I probably would have liked it even more. Mm-hmm. Like not not in the sense of like, oh, I hate the movie now, and I wanted to see that movie. Yeah. I'm like, no, I liked the movie that we got. But I probably would have liked it a lot more, having legitimate connective tissue mm-hmm. to a bigger story. Uh, okay, but uh, yeah, I didn't like Suicide Squad though. Like I watched that in theaters, and I got out, and I was watching it with uh, J. Roar and my friend Joe at the time, and I was just like, I was like, I don't know how I felt about that, guys. And then I was like, I'm gonna watch it again tomorrow and see how I feel because I usually like to give movies DC movies. I don't do it for Marvel movies. Um, I usually give DC movies like two goes to really see how I feel about it. And even after the second time, I was like, yeah, that's just not good. Like, it's not a good movie. With this one, I still laughed when Harley stabbed Zaz. Yes. Still laughed there. I and laughed I still, and so did Abby. Yeah. I still laughed at the fucking, uh, when she's beating those guys in the car and she keeps honking the horn. I laughed <laughs> there too. Like that part, it was awesome. And, but the thing is like, on this second viewing, because one, this is one thing I will say that really matters when I go to a movie theater and watch a movie. If the crowd sucks, it affects my theater experience and oh my, my movie god, experience. That crowd and sucks we had a so... shitty crowd. Oh my god! Yeah, and <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I wanted to watch the movie again in theaters. Unfortunately, this whole Corona thing happened, and I just never, I've never been in the movies again since, except yeah. for to go see Bloodshot. And I just, I was like, I just wanted to give it. I didn't think I was gonna like it that much more. But, you know, just chilling back and watching it and seeing what was going to happen. There was a little things that, yeah, still annoying. Cassandra Cain part is absolutely just maddening to me. Like, you could have called her anything else. Like, Cassandra Cain was a waste of a character in this movie. Yeah. And um, so that still stands. Uh, the I didn't hate the storytelling as much. I still didn't like it. But I was like, you know what? Again, with that mindset of, like, this is a Harley Quinn story and this is how Harley Quinn would tell a story... I took that into consideration this time around. I didn't like it on my original viewing, but I was like, you know what? Or Harley would fucking do that. I I did the same thing, but I didn't start doing it until Abby said, it feels too comic booky. And yeah. what did we talk about? I yeah. was like, I can't be I can't be a hypocrite and mm. say that I like other bo- I like other movies to be comic book be- but I can't let Harley Quinn be a comic book movie, yeah. you know? So I was like, okay, I need to start taking this yeah. you know, a little bit more lighthearted you know more like harley quinn and still i will say i didn't appreciate the whole cassandra kane thing like you said it was a waste of a character name and also still bugs me huntress just like the way her character was yeah she doesn't look cool yeah Yeah. um she was a little bit more of a badass which i thought was kind of cool like i was kind of picking up on that they just didn't they needed to change her dialogue yeah um and her suit is trash so, uh, but Canary, I was like, you know what, man? Had they developed Carrie a little, Canary a little bit more, I think she would have been really awesome. Oh, the black mask thing was still terrifying. Oh, yeah, fucking, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was still intense. And I was like, see, they should have done more of that. Like, he should have been more of this, like, just hideous character instead of playing off Zaz. Like, was I don't think you needed ter- Zaz. What was even more terrifying was the fact that, like, when he was telling that chick to dance, it makes it so much more awkward there's no music mm-hmm. and like yeah. he's like dancing to the like the 
freaking crazy in his head yeah. and like giving her a beat to dance to and it's just like it's so uncomfortable like super yeah. uncomfortable so so that scene was really good and i think had they just developed more of that kind of stuff it would have been really cool like canary like why she you know she started crying after that and stuff like that and then they just go into like a whole like go catch the girl kind of thing um but yeah no the choreography i noticed it was a lot better and i was like oh man i was like the fighting choreography is pretty badass in this movie i'm like not gonna lie like it's entertaining fighting um and so I never have an issue with that, especially, yeah, like the, you know, the cocaine scene and stuff like that was kind of cool. But even the car scene and stuff I thought was pretty badass, too, like when they were fighting. I was like, oh, that's not bad. Yeah. So I appreciated the fighting, the action a little bit more in this movie. And just like I felt the pacing was a little bit better because I was just chill. Like mm. I wasn't trying to catch everything in this movie. I wasn't hyper analyzing it like I do when I watch it for the first time. Sure. And I wasn't watching it annoyed because, like I said, we had a shitty like experience watching that movie in a crowd of random people. Yeah. And um, so I think I was just already annoyed watching that movie, so I hyper analyzed it all. Granted, I still don't think this is the best DC movie, but I don't think it was as bad as I said. I didn't. I said it was like a notch above Suicide Squad. I think it's a little bit farther apart from Suicide Squad because I don't like Suicide Squad, and I didn't think like. I don't know. I feel like I could watch parts of this movie again, but not, I wouldn't want to watch it from start to finish every single time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cassandra Kane is just a really thing. And I did, cause I was really paying attention to it. They mentioned the sandwich one more time. And it's when she kicks Montoya out the window. That's yes. the only other time she mentions the sandwich, well, but she never tells the kid anything about it. The really funny thing about that is my wife, Whenever, she, whenever Harley is like awing at the making of the sandwich, yeah, she's like, "See, this is what every woman wants. This is exactly like," and so it's really funny. But she like connected to that part of the movie, she, and throughout the movie, she's like, "What about the sandwich? Is she ever gonna yeah. like? Is she gonna eat the sandwich?" Really? <laughs> yeah, legit. <laughs> wow, legit. And then at the very end of the movie, when she has the sandwich, when Cassandra hands yeah. her the sandwich, my wife like literally like like did a fist pump wow. in the air it was like she gets the sandwich and but it was so told so shittily it was jesus it, it really was it was something that is just thrown out there and i think that's what a lot of old school movies did they uh -huh. put one plot device that was just like hey this encourages the character yeah and they're gonna lose it but at the very end they're gonna get it back you know yeah. kind of thing and it doesn't work that well here, but no, people can people connect with it apparently. So yeah, that was weird. Um, they did Benji and Babish did make that sandwich though, um, which looked really delicious. But I will say, like, I don't know. I just thought it was it was told so terrible. You needed to tell it like Zombieland did with the Twinkie. Like that's yes. the only way to show an obsession over anything. Like, um, had Harley beaten the shit out of people and been like, you know what, all I wanted was a fucking sandwich and you guys are just ruining my life, like, oh, it's all I want, that would have been fine. Well, but she I thought it was really funny because that. when she started running away from everybody, I noticed that she wasn't holding the sandwich. So I was like, did they just mess up? What the hell? Mm -hmm. And then my wife caught it. I didn't even catch it. I don't even mm -hmm. think I caught this in the first, like, first viewing. She's like, oh, she's holding the sandwich in her bra 
this is like every woman in America. Like, this is totally us right God. now. And I was like, oh, God. I've never met a woman that puts a sandwich in her bra. I've never met anyone like that. So oh I don't God. know what kind of yeah, I, where that's I, coming from. But all right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So my initial second reaction is I don't think this movie was as bad as I trashed it to be. But again, I don't think this is like knock it out of the park like you know what it is i will say like i do think it should have made more money because like even suicide squad made 700 million dollars i think the marketing failed this movie Mm -hmm. it should have been called harley quinn like and it shouldn't have been called birds of prey it should have been harley quinn and then i think it would have been a little different and you know what it just it's getting really tiresome that because dc is making these movies and not showing the actual cut yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and people are gonna hear about this stuff, so it, yeah. that kind of sucks too. They well, should have just had an R-rated cut. Cause, cause for this movie, uh, R-rated cut, there was a you know the whole because you're calling it Birds of Prey, all of the quote unquote get woke people were like, oh, where's Black Canary? Why is she not in all of the trailers? What's going on? And we all made the point of okay, Margot Robbie is the seller for this movie. Like, yeah. It, she just is and that is the wrong way to go if you're gonna name a movie the birds of prey if you want your if you want your centerpiece to be harley quinn then you need to have it as a harley quinn movie which they tried to backtrack Mm -hmm. like the second week that it was in theaters but no no other movie has ever done that yeah they don't do that and even when when you they have but yeah later on yeah the Edge of Tomorrow was uh, renamed uh, Live, Die, Repeat. See, everybody says that, but I never saw that. I never yeah. saw the renaming of that. But mm-hmm. I did notice whenever you purchase the movie now, it is still called The Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah. yeah. So it, just, it yeah, doesn't I, matter. Well, I mean, the damage is already done, so it doesn't matter at this point anyways. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help that they didn't get the extra random little points or extra random little weeks of like going to the dollar theaters and stuff like that either. that is true yeah um because now it's going to be i think stuck under 2 million 200 million which kind of sucks for them um because i don't think movies on a box office usually doesn't count like digital release or anything like that so um that's not going to help it at all so yeah that kind of sucks i do think the movie should have made a little bit more i thought it would have at least got to like 250 had it been done well yeah. Um. But yeah, it just kind of sucks, and it you know it didn't really have a lot of competition, which blows. But you know that's kind of whatever. But yeah, I mean it was it was interesting. It was cool that DC did release this early, and they weren't you know everybody's kind of stuck at home, so it was a perfect time for them to launch something like this. I bought it because like I said, I didn't I didn't pay for the movie to watch it in theaters, so I was like, all right, this is the way I'm going to support it, and I it adds it to my collection. You know, I have every other DC movie, so for sure, why not? But uh, yeah, so there was that. Um, but now we're going to move on to some delays because the world is pretty much shutting down right now. Um, it's, I mean, it's not a joke. It's genuinely the truth. Yeah. And a lot of people are stuck at home. We're currently in San Antonio where we record this, and we are in. We have a shelter-in-place uh, shelter order. So uh, non-essential people, which, crazily enough, our job is essential somehow, which I think is complete bullshit. But, uh, you know, we have had the option to stay home and we're staying home. So it's what we're doing just because we feel like uh, we we don't want to fucking risk this. Other people are, you know, 
have their views on this whole pandemic and that's they're going to do their own thing but i'm protecting myself in this situation uh but with all of that it doesn't matter what you think about it because it's delaying everything else in the world yes it is and we talked about it last week that the batman has been delayed matt reeves actually gave a small update on twitter today talking about how somebody asked him like hey how is everybody is everybody safe like what's going on he just confirmed that yes the movie is going to be delayed until it's safe to resume filming again and that um everybody is safe and he hopes everybody else is safe too so that is the only batman news about the movie that has happened every other production cw everything is oh, on well, hold we did get a small update from james gunn about Remember the Q&A or whatever he said that he was... Oh, that he's still editing? Yeah. yeah he so is editing This is home. what I... Which I mentioned, like I told you, you can do those kind of things from home. So, um, yeah, that, that movie should still, you know, barring this pandemic going for over a year, that movie should come out on time as well. So, because you would think they should yeah. be able to do reshoots if they need to um, sometime in the spring or summer or whatever. So that's going to be kind of cool that it seems like those movies should be... Even with the Batman, I don't see the Batman doing a lot of special effects. So it's probably going to be a lot more practical stuff. So they shouldn't even require... The delay shouldn't hurt them that much. Yeah. Because they'll just go into filming later on in the year and they'll still edit all the way to, you know, whenever. Granted, there might not be a trailer at CCXP anymore, uh, which is what was supposed to happen. But uh, you know what? That's as long as the movie comes out on time, I don't think anybody's gonna care. For sure. So um, yeah, that's a big delay. Also, Wonder Woman got delayed to August, which kind of blows. I was kind of hoping that they were gonna wait until May to announce that, but they're like, "Fuck it, this ain't gonna get better anytime soon." So um, Wonder Woman will be delayed until August, and that is just hopefully when the movie season is gonna kick off because uh, for the first time in 26 years, the box office has a zero box office weekend which is insane so uh yeah so wonder woman delayed and everything else delayed too except for i don't know if video games have been delayed it seems like video games are still going out video games are still going out uh because of the power of shipping and the internet uh and digital so we had the monumental because apparently it broke records Mm -hmm. uh animal crossing has yeah. destroyed records right now. Uh, we had celebrities even talking about like seeing it and saying, "Hey, this looks like something that a lot of people are passing time with. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, tell me what it's about and I'll buy it." Uh, yeah. So it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I was really hoping that it wasn't gonna delay anything, and like the mm-hmm. Final Fantasy uh, guys like didn't update, and I was like, "Man, if y'all delay this again, I swear yeah. to God." Uh, but they did say that uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be, you know, right on time. So video nice. games are still, you know, going strong, which is pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, the one medium that we cover yeah. looks like it's, it's, it's hurting. It is hurting bad. Yeah, really uh, bad. Comic book shops alone on a day that isn't a pandemic is already hurting uh, mm-hmm. just because it's a niche uh sell but now because of this pandemic uh diamond the the basically the monopoly distributor of comics uh they have announced that they are no longer gonna be shipping the comics 
due to the pandemic. They don't want to uh, endanger anybody. So yeah. they have stopped shipments. And because of that, uh, we have heard, and nothing has been confirmed because there has been no like press release or anything else, but it looks like Marvel, DC, and every other pun- uh, publisher out there is going to stop printing and selling digital copies of books. So comics will halt completely, just like yeah. the box office, and until this gets better. And that's going to be weird. It's going to be really So weird. do you think that they just continue a bi-weekly schedule after that? Or do you think they just release week to week so to catch up? That is something that a lot of people are discussing. Even creators are in the conversation. And, of course, they have said, we don't know anything. But I would say this or I would say that. Yeah. Um, I uh, was talking to, uh, uh, what's his name, uh jerry ordway uh he Mm -hmm. did a lot of old school dc comics back in the day uh Mm -hmm. famously superman uh he thinks that they should do giant size comics i hate that it would be weird and it would it would be weird for your collection Mm -hmm. for your collection to be from let's say in batman last one we got was 91 or 90 yeah last one we got was 90 91 91 And let's say this pandemic is two months. That's four books. So from 91, then you buy the giant size, 92. Mm-hmm. And then your next book is 95. Yeah. Like, that would be weird. Yeah. So, or they yeah. de- or they delay the numbering. And what then, like, so if they were to do a giant size 92... And the very mm-hmm. next book, which would have been 95, is really 93. And Oh, that'd be worse. Yeah. I think. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. A lot of people are asking about the bi-weekly schedules or giant size mm-hmm. schedules or just, like, selling them in a trade. I mean, they rushed, they rushed out this Justice League. It's been weekly. Yeah, it has so been weekly. So who, it's, it, I would just go weekly to catch up. Like, and if somebody can't look, comics are already going to take a hit. People that buy comics are usually people that maybe I I would, for people I know, a lot of people that buy comics aren't also people that are very well off at a lot of times. Like they're literally like, you know what? I make $400 a week. I'm going to drop $50 on comics or I make $400 a check and they'll still drop $50 on comics because they love them and it's what they want to spend their money on. But now some of those people that make those very low-income jobs don't even have jobs anymore. Yeah. And so they're not going to be able to buy weekly comics and that's, or bi-weekly. But I think that's what publishers are taking into account also. Mm-hmm. Because of this pandemic, they're scared that if they push out, you know, on, a, on any given month, DC can push out for the entire month more than 100 books. Yeah. You know? Possibly. I would say... Yeah. Because we get, let's just see how many books we got this week. This week alone, besides, uh, of course, we only talk about the Batman books, but altogether, mm-hmm. there's three, six, nine, like 15. 12, 15, close to 20. So 20 okay. in one week, four weeks, that's close to 100. Yeah. So think about just the DC guy that goes in mm-hmm. there. 
and let's say average person gets five to six books a week. Now having yeah. to get that many books, like when all yeah. this is over, that's a rush of money. And I'm not sure everybody would be okay with spending that. Now, if you, if we can always say, okay, comic shops will be understanding. Yeah. But those comic shops are going to be hurting for money as well. So it's, it yeah. is literally all up in the air right now. I think at that point you have to, which it's really weird that they are going to stop digital comics. Like that makes no sense to me. Here's, here's the like, reason. Here's the reason. What are we doing right now? We're podcasting. And what are yeah. we going to do with the books that we're going to be talking about? We're going to talk about them. And then we're going to publish it into the world. There's a lot mm -hmm. of people who refuse to buy digital. That's true. But those people that refuse to buy digital are still going to go back and buy those issues. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like a majority of them, there's a majority of them that are still going to buy them no matter what. Like, yes. Yes. The, and you know, I got a sub box, just throw them all in my box. I'll buy them like, you know, I'll buy the ones I want and then I'll keep the other ones in there and then I'll buy them as I can. And I'm pretty sure comic shops will be like, look, as long as you're going to buy them, that's fine. Like, yeah. you know, we'll order them for you, but you got to buy them. Uh, or we'll charge your card because that's kind of how my comic shop is. They're yes. just like, hey, you know what? You're going to order these books. If you don't pay for them a certain time, we're just going to charge your card and then, you know, they're yours, whatever. And um, so I think you would do that because, like, my thing is there's so there's this is how I see comic fans. And being somebody that works in YouTube, I know how it is. There are a lot of people that aren't going to buy shit. Like, they, they are going to keep up with comics, they're not going to buy anything, but they're going to watch YouTube videos, they're going to download them online, they're going to do whatever. So, I don't see a big portion of that changing, you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people that buy, that are, like, somebody that does go to the shop and buys comics, and then, like, is suddenly just interested in continuing reading, would switch to digital. I feel like there are some people like that. Of course, you do you have your hardcore ones that need a physical copy? Totally understand that. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a good amount of people that would just be like, oh, that sucks. I really want to read them now, so let me just buy them digitally. And then I'll buy them again later if, like, I want to continue my collection, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I get that. And I figure, like, in this... See, the thing, too, is we're in a very different time right now. This has never happened in our lifetime and this is one of those things where you got to adjust. And I feel like it's in these kind of moments too, granted, taking the people that have lost their jobs out of the equation, the people that can afford to still buy comics would want to help even more. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like if you have your creators saying like, hey guys, this is going to be rough. Like, you know, we're still creating for you guys. And that is one thing yeah. that is being huge right now in the community. Like as mm -hmm. of right now, there is tons and tons of uh, comic book creators that are pimping out other comic shops that are, are still open because these yeah. comic shops, they're not essential. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they may be like, uh, sheltered in, uh, sh shelter in place or, or, uh, stay at home or whatever. But what they're doing yeah. is they're getting their diamond shipments or they're getting their comics from their stores. And then they're, sh you mm -hmm. know, having their personal number and saying, Hey, you want this or that book? Let me know we can do a payment online or over the phone and then we'll ship yeah. those books to you. Like these comic mm -hmm. book shops are attempting to stay open, uh, in yeah. that capacity because, you know, one thing that, uh, I recently got into a community, uh, that was basically started by Gail Simone. She's a really cool writer. Uh, and mm -hmm. I asked her during this time, uh, would it be a good idea to pitch any comic book ideas to any publishers? And she said yeah. that right now, 
you know, people are adjusting, but the entertainment, like, business usually strives in this, mm-hmm. uh, in, in these moments, you know, in these, you know, hard times or whatever. So yeah. I think that we will adapt. That's just mm-hmm. what we have to do. Uh, you know, we see the movie industry adapting. They're, you know, giving us these movies that were supposed to, you know, hit theaters. They're putting them on subscription services. They're putting them out for video on demand. So it's only a matter of time before comics do the same thing. Uh, I I would have thought that digital were to keep going, but I completely understand if they don't because of the... Uh, fear of spoiling books for the people mm-hmm. who don't want to buy digital. Now, yeah. I also know if anybody's out there and, you know, concerned about, you know, not being able to read comics and want to try digital, Comixology has extended their 30-day period to now being 60 days for you guys who want to uh, go read comics right now on nice. Comixology. Uh, I think that is really cool. Uh, also, uh, DC Universe app has thousands, thousands yeah. of titles, and it's only six dollars a month. Uh, if you want to, during this two-week period or however long period that you have to be quarantined, you can try the free trial and read a good two or three runs of a book if you're that, you know, fast of a reader or whatever. But yeah. you know, you do that, and you know, you you don't necessarily have to pay that six dollars or whatever. Now, I mm-hmm. recommend that you stay on it because there's a lot of good t- content on there. But, you know, just something to look forward to while you're sitting, you know, inside, not having to do anything. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, crazy. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting time. We've definitely been talking about the future of the podcast because if we don't have movie news, if we don't have, you know, freaking comic news, it's going to be very interesting <laughs> here on this podcast. But uh, you know what? We're in the same boat as every other podcast that covers this kind of stuff because yes. nobody's getting an influx of news. YouTube channels that cover this pop culture stuff are having to pivot and try to find new content. And I think the the most creative people are going to survive. And other people that just shut down or like, oh, we're going to take time off are going to suffer from it because, like, you have to keep popping out content. It's just the nature of this business no matter what happens. Yep. Um, unfortunately, you know, like stuff like sports and stuff, they can't do anything. It's just like, oh, we're going to talk about old stuff or, you know, whatever. And that's probably what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to talk about old comic books that a lot of people don't know. Maybe we'll make a top 10 list or maybe we'll talk about, like, the top 10 moments of whatever. Like, we'll, we'll find something to cover. So you guys will still have a Batman News Weekly podcast. What we'll be talking about will be a surprise to you and us at the same time. (laughs) So uh, that's what you can expect going forward. If the rumor of no comic books coming out next week or the prior week after that or whatever. Um, But yeah, we'll definitely still be putting out content here for you to listen to. But since we do have comics this week, we're actually going to go diving into what we have. Now, uh, we're going to talk about Detective Suicide Squad uh batman superman unfortunately and curse of the white knight but i do want to do just honorable mentions for batgirl and red hood which i actually read um i thought these were kind of cool interesting for people that are fans of jason todd or barbara gordon uh i will say that the stories for the most part have been pretty interesting recently um in red hood he's finally back together with the dark trinity which is artemis and um freaking oh man i'm forgetting his name bizarro, bizarro. 
And uh, they're doing some really cool stuff right now. I, I like Bizarro's new design. He has like a mohawk and a beard, which is kind of really cool. Did you read that um, annual? Okay, so we had some technical difficulties there, but you were asking about an annual or something? Yeah, so the annual, uh, I, I can't remember which number, but there was mm-hmm. an annual that basically, because the really big part of this whole outlawed story was the fact that, uh, of course, there was a confrontation between Red Hood and Penguin, mm-hmm. and Batman didn't like that, and you know that's where there was a big fight. There was a huge issue about it. I think it was issue 25. And oh yeah, when he went after him, yeah, yeah. yeah. Batman did, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that issue, at the end of issue twenty-five or like issue twenty-four, one of those two, uh, mm-hmm. Artemis and Bizarro went through some magical door. Now yeah. I wasn't reading Red Hood at the time until twenty-five, mm-hmm. and basically this annual tells you where they had been since mm-hmm. that time, and that's when we first see the. Uh, new design for bizarro and i thought that was so cool just the way yeah like and i know that i know that you were reading uh red hood before uh all that and we got mm-hmm. to see a little bit of smart bizarro with yeah. like with lex luther and all that but we were starting to see a little bit more of a smarter bizarro mm-hmm. without the help of lex luther and all that yeah. Uh, through that time. And I think you start to see it a little bit like we're still seeing it here. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Uh, yeah. So, well, he still talks like how Bizarro does, you know, yeah. very like sentences don't make sense or they're reversed. They're kind of like Yoda ish, but not Yoda full blown. You know, he kind of like mixes his things back and forth or leaves out just key. He just says the key words so that you understand. And um, that's kind of what he does. And yeah, so he's he's. He, you can tell he's smart. He just doesn't know how to comprehend like speech very well, so it makes him come off as dumb. But uh, yeah, so Red Hood right now is it, uh, the reason I'm liking it is because they're they're working with like I forget his name, like Captain something, like or S- Lieutenant Marvel or some shit like that. Like I forget what his name is. He's like some hardcore old school character that actually retired. Um, man, what is his freaking name? It's like. Um, Sergeant something something. Oh, General Glory. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's like an. I'm pretty sure it's an old school DC character, right? Yes. Like, yeah. So General Glory is this um, this character that they're working with under to find the Untitled, which if I can't remember because it it's been so long. But what the Untitled were what brought Jason back, right? Or like helped him when he was recovering. Something along those lines. Because, like, I remember he was working with some, like, old, like, monks or some whatever people. And then they all get murdered at some point. And, like, um, that was a different story a long time ago. But I don't know if they were called the Untitled or if the, like, people he met on the other side. The Untitled has some kind of, like, demonly possessing. Unless, are these the same people from the start of the Rebirth issues? Like, that he's been chasing down forever? Uh, like I just know I've heard the untitled name before. Same here. I want to say that it might have been something from New Fifty Two. Yeah, because that does sound familiar. 
Yeah. So anyways, we'll have to do some research on that. But uh, they're basically in this place. Um, it's kind of like, um, it, I don't know exactly where they're at. Um, but let's just say they're like in like a, it says the town square. And kind of imagine like a Panama or Chile or something like that. Like we can even say like Mexico City. It seems like that's kind of where they're in a place like that. And they're doing, there's like a revolution going on. And they're trying to pick like new, um, like a new president or a new like uh, person to rule. And so there's just a lot of protests going on. And they're watching to see if the Untitled are going to show up here. And apparently, the Untitled are people that go. Uh, they thrive off fear, or they like hide. They can like basically put themselves in people, and um, it's people that are very fearful or whatever. But uh, we learn out. We learn in this issue that they can't find the Untitled because they're they're feeding off of hope now and not fear and it's a lot of these people that have like hope in having like a dictate not a dictatorship a democracy and like having better lives and stuff like that you know what i mean so it was really cool like they're like oh shit they're feeding off of these people's hopes and dreams and stuff so like like it's really crazy um and it also turns out that some chick that jason's had some romantic relationships with is possessed by this character called essence and um, I believe that's her name. And she's like this demon that like transforms. Like she turns into a badass. Like it's in this girl's body now. And she turns into a badass and she can kill, I guess, other untitled people or the all cast or some crap like that. Um, so it's it's really interesting. Like it's it's hard to explain this book really fast, especially since I haven't been reading every single issue. But I will say that the current Red Hood story is cool enough to start reading because it's got some very interesting stuff like Artemis is under she's like undercover right now trying to protect like this dictator and she's fighting that chick essence right now which is really cool and um so it's like gonna there's this big fight that's about to start and Jason has like these super like lightsaber swords now which is pretty crazy at the end of the series I'm just like what the hell yeah so um it's kind of bad shit crazy right now but yeah but it's definitely it's definitely worth reading uh, if you have the time, you know what I mean, and you have the extra cash to buy it, um, I think that series is worth reading. I would definitely like to catch up to see what's going on, but I was like, you know what, this might be the last few comics we read for a while, so I was like, let me just read all the Batman stuff. Uh, and same thing with Supergirl. Supergirl has, she just came off some weird-ass, like, fairy tale story, and um, she's questioning whether the guy she kind of has feelings for is kind of, like, playing her right now. Because he randomly can walk again when he had, like, a bum leg this whole time. You and said Supergirl, you mean Batgirl? Oh, yeah, I looked at Supergirl. Batgirl, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw the title of Supergirl because that came out this week, too. Um, but uh, Batgirl, yeah, she likes somebody and, like, he's randomly... He just looks kind of shady now. And somebody that he had just helped in the alley turned into, like, a demon robot or, like, had, like, a... Just started, like, disintegrating. And um, she was like, what the hell's happening? What did he just do to this woman? But it turns out later on in the comic book, we find out that this new character is, like, siphoning energy from people to, like, fuel her, like, gold. She, like, it's just, I don't know how to explain it properly, but she has, like, this ability to, kind of, like, control gold and um, or, like, this gold-type material where she starts making, like, prosthetics and stuff out of it. And um, they're trying to, she's basically trying to create an army with this. And um, she, the the arm, I guess the soldiers would be able to like 
regenerate, like regenerate and shit. So um, it's a, it's it's pretty batshit crazy. But the thing I loved about it was Batgirl was trying to work on this whole thing by herself, and Batwoman showed up at the end. And she was like, "I've been chasing these people forever," and then they kind of have a little spat. They were like, "You could have been helping us this whole time. Like, where the fuck you been?" And um, which is kind of weird because if I'm not mistaken, Batwoman was in Tom King's run, wasn't it? Wasn't she at the end, or was she not? Batwoman. Yeah. Wasn't she there? At the end of Batwoman, I mean, at the end of Tom King's run, she was in the room with Thomas and everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't get what Barbara's referencing here. Um, because she was like, uh, you don't know what's going on here. She's like, I'm trying to help, blah, blah, blah. Um, I can care for myself. You've been out of town too long. We could have used you, but I don't need you. So, like, I don't know. Maybe it's reference to Year of the Villain stuff. Like, Probably. maybe she wasn't there for that. Because um, the way that, and I know it sounds dumb and it basically doesn't matter anymore, but the Year of the Villain kind of takes place, like, both during and after the whole Tom King run. And Tom yeah. King was basically just like, yeah, I'm not playing with any of your bullshit. I'm going to tell my story. So yeah. it does make it kind of convoluted. Yeah. Also, the interesting thing about um, Batgirl, because this was also in Tom King's run, KG Beast showed up. Yeah. So KG Beast is working with this new uh, villain in town, and he has a gold arm that she gave him. And... Uh, KG Beast apparently, I guess, is who Batwoman is chasing, uh, or it kind of like it came off as like that yeah, to me, in my in my yeah. opinion. So that would be really interesting to see if she was chasing KG Beast and if she was chasing him because of maybe the Dick Grayson stuff. Like, I want to know what's going on there. But we also apparently, I think you were the one that told me, isn't Damien gonna go after KG Beast pretty soon? Yep. Or something like that. I don't yep. know if you were the one that told me that. Yeah. He so, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there because Tom King did a huge thing with that. And Batman went after him, but we know KGB's lived. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how everybody else or why everybody else would be going after him too, you know what I mean? So that's pretty interesting. I just want to talk about those real quick because I know some people care about those characters. We don't talk about them a lot. But they do have kind of more zanier stories. Uh, I will say that I do like that Barbara pretty much stays to Burnside, which is, I guess you would say, like, the Bronx, if we were talking about New York. You know, she's more in that part of town, and Batman kind of covers everything else. Uh, I actually prefer that Red Hood doesn't stay in Gotham. I like that he goes around the world. Yeah. Um, Because I don't, I think Gotham is a little too, although it's, like, a huge city, I don't think you need every Bat family member there. So I think it's cool that since Red Hood is, you know, the black sheep of the family, that he's actually just doing shit elsewhere in the world. And he only shows up in Gotham every once in a while. So I, I do really enjoy that about his comic book. Um, but let's just get Batman Superman out of the way. <laughs> because <laughs> that story was crap, in my opinion. <laughs> like, it was just kind of boring. You know what I mean? Like, it ended with um, all of the people from Candor coming back from life in the Lazarus pit. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, I mean, you're the Superman fan here. So what'd you think about all this? You know, 
I was already really upset about this story because there was already something like we saw, or you mentioned even in Justice League, that, you know, mm-hmm. is doing the exact same thing with the Daxamites. You know, yeah. uh, both the Eradicator and Zod are wanting literally the exact same thing. They are the world's worst, like, coordinators whenever it comes to creating a new world. You know, yeah. they, they want the exact same thing. They both work for each other or work or with each other, but they, you know, Eradicator is is not wanting to wait as long as Zod is willing to to create this new Krypton, and yeah, because you know, in the way I see it, the Eradicator is just a machine. He works on you know his one purpose, and that purpose being creating a new, better Krypton as quickly and mm-hmm. as efficiently as possible. While Zod wants to make one. As, you know, a, he wants to make a perfect Krypton and anything that needs to be perfect takes time. And so yeah. with this, I will say bringing back the Kandorians was something that needed mm-hmm. to be done. I think that is, yeah. uh, for me in, in my canon, I think this is a big F you to Bendis saying, ha, we did something that you, we undid something that you did. But yeah. That is the only good thing that comes out of this whole story. Uh, everything else is really weird and convoluted. Uh, you know, I feel like Williamson has really depowered Ra's al Ghul as the demon mm-hmm. in this book. Uh, and I understand that, of course, Batman will always have the upper hand. But yeah. for Ra's al Ghul to, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this panel now. When Roz is like getting ready to fight Zod with the with the Kryptonite sword, and then Batman throws a battering into his helmet or whatever, that was one thing that also yeah. bothered me. Like Roz Al Ghul wearing a helmet, like I just felt like Williamson wanted to do something different, and it just really bothered mm-hmm. me. Like the whole point of seeing Roz Al Ghul yeah. is seeing his like methodical face and like his iconic hair and everything else like that. And I don't know, man. It's just. I I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I I liked where it was going beforehand. Like yeah. like I said with the idea of bringing back the Kandorians, but I feel like it was just a random plot device to move to the very next story. Like that's it. Yeah, I th- you know, they made a big deal about the end of like when they were fighting all the uh, evil because I, I didn't read the Hell is Risen stuff yet. Like, I, I have all four issues, but I haven't read it. Uh-huh. And um, they made a big deal about starting up that new, like, program or whatever that went bad before. Like, what was it, the uh, uh, Amazo program or whatever it was called? I don't remember what they yeah. did. Uh-huh. But they haven't talked about that at all in the last few issues. Like, wasn't that supposed to help them beat people or, like, you know, control things or whatever? Yeah, and, it was supposed. You know, they it was really supposed, even touched on that. Yeah, I think that was. What was I, that? I think that what that is is Williamson is just attempting to lay small little, like small little hints of things that he is probably going to bring up in his other stories with other characters. And I hate mm-hmm. it when, like, yes, I understand you have to, you know, make up something for it to be used in another story, but make it worth something, you know. Uh, you know, this mm-hmm. whole plan for, 
you know, Batman to share all of his files with the League and the League to share all of their information on their villains with Batman and they, you know, just have all of these, all of this info on their villains. Like, yeah, it's a good idea. Like Superman said, Mm -hmm. it is exactly like the uh, OMAC, whatever, that they had. And that was technically, I believe, pre-New 52, so... You freaking mm-hmm. uh, canon stuff is being all thrown all over the place, which bothers me. Yeah. But, I mean, I I want to like this book because it's two of the biggest heroes in DC, but it's just not hitting with me. Especially now since Marquez looks to be taking a break from the book, it's going to be hurting the book a lot. Okay, we're just having some really bad technical difficulties right now. It's everybody at home watching their Netflixes and shit. So we're not able to get a good connection. But basically, Batman Superman sucked. It doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's its weird that you can't, we never get a good team up with these guys. Like, I felt like they were doing really good at the start, fighting the Batman who laughs. But now that they're just going to, like, we're going to continue the book and they're going to fight random people. It just, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. I think yeah, maybe. And, and that's kind of what I was saying with, you know, you know, these are two of the biggest DC characters, you know, and there's just not a great story. And with Marquez being out mm-hmm. of the book, which was a bit really big draw for us, especially yeah. with us purchasing freaking pages from his store. Like, for it sure. just, it, there is a total shift in the tone of the book without him. Yeah. Also, so. Yeah, so Batman Superman is something I definitely could care less about reading now, especially if they're going to continue that art style that is very cartoony. It feels like What's-His-Face, but I don't think it is. It feels like uh, Darrington, but it's not it him, is. right? It is Darrington. It is? Okay, yeah. then that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I didn't check who was drawing that book. I'm just not a fan of that style. Like, I um, I like it for like profiles. I like it for like just character drawings. But yeah. as for actual interior art, like I could... I can see him doing a really great cover for book. Yeah. For a book. But I just mm-hmm. don't like him being in interior for some reason. Yeah, it's just a little too cartoony, uh, if that makes sense, which yeah. is weird because we're talking about comic books. But um, it just feels very, like, golden agey, I guess, and I think that's his style. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, I mean, and I know a lot of people that love it. And I, you know what? I enjoy it for how it's done in the Tom King book right now. But, like, that is, that's part of the storytelling, you know what I mean? It's, like, that's the really, like, what do they do? Like, the flashbacks or... Yeah, it's the, the flashbacks. Uh, yeah, so the flashbacks are very pretty and cartoony, but then the gritty, like, the present day stuff is really, like, gritty and stuff. So, I, and that's, a, that's a, you know, a, a technique, a style, and I think it works there. But when you have Batman Superman fighting two of the worst villains in their rogues galleries... I feel like that comic book shouldn't be very cartoony. You yeah. know what I mean? And, um, yeah, so I, I just wasn't a big fan of it. So the art doesn't pull me in. The story was kind of weird. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, it was just a bunch of small flying Superman is very cartoony. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But I'm cool that they brought back Kandor. And, like, that's cool. I don't know the significance of all of that. I don't know how the hell it became such a small little thing. Brainiac. But um, uh, was it the Brainiac? The, basically the shit he did in fucking the other book? Yeah. That Snyder was writing? Same thing? 
Um, but you would think at some point they would figure out how to fix that shit. Yeah. <laughs> they've never done it. Yeah. I mean, but, but it, th- and I know this goes a little off track of what we're talking about, but the same goes for like, you know, let's, let's put Dragon Ball Z in the story mm-hmm. real quick. They have the Dragon Balls plenty of times, but they still don't wish back King Kai. Like, yeah. Well, I think at that point it's been a running joke. I don't think Kandor's funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's just sad. True. Um, but King and they have tried. Like, they did a whole filler episode of trying to revive King Kai, and he was like, "Bring me back." And they were like, "No, no, I I need new pants or something like that." Like, it was just some stupid crap. <laughs> And, um, so, like, there was a whole episode about it. So, they've definitely, they've paid attention to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't, I don't read Superman, so, like, have there been issues where he's, like, trying to work on Kandor going back to full size? Not much. You know, there's always a story of, of, there's always a random story of how, like, you know, they'll miniaturize him or they'll get Adam to, like, go small and talk to them and you like you see the life of the kandorians and how they have adapted to being so small and a lot of these things of like like things like that but there has never been a like hey this is what's gonna happen we're gonna work as hard as we can to get you to normal size but here's the thing which is really slap in the face for the kandorians all of those like small pockets in freaking uh, Justice League No Justice, those mm-hmm. little uh, planets, they all got mm-hmm. resized. Yeah. And Kandor is still in the Fortress of Solitude, like all small. Now, here in this book, uh, mm-hmm. Clark does give Zod the city of Kandor because yeah. it belongs on that new Krypton. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that they really missed the mark to say the well they Kandorian. split them up though didn't they they did they did yeah, yeah yeah so that'll be interesting but yeah you would think that they would try to bring that back at some point but apparently it looks like zod has the evil ones or the, the ones they didn't experiment on and superman has the ones that are now all asleep yeah. because they don't want that to be crazy um which i mean again it's yeah, i just didn't like it um but moving on let's go ahead and talk about suicide squad because I really enjoyed Suicide Squad. I don't know about you. Suicide Squad, I really, really enjoyed. Um, we got a lot of background on... Because we're slowly getting background on these new characters. Yeah. Uh, and and it's not to the point where it's like, man, we need to know, we need to know, we need to know. Tom Taylor is actually doing it in a very steady pace. Yeah. And we learn more about their leader, Osita... Mm-hmm. And how she became involved with all of this, which yeah. I think was awesome. Uh, yeah, she has a really awesome background, like yeah. origin story, pretty much. And yeah, I can't, the- I can't remember the the comment that you made. You said, "Oh, well, that's how you kill off whatever. Or that's how you do something." Like, what- oh, okay. So we need back, we need backstory here. So uh, it wasn't anything about killing off anything. Um, so God, I can't believe we're talking about this on this podcast, but Marvel, which is something we try to avoid here, uh, has recently introduced two new characters. They've introduced five new characters. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. That's what it was. They've, yeah. They introduced five new characters, which when Clay sent this to me, I was like, dude, that's fucking fake news. Why are you sending me this bullshit? Like I literally was saying like, there's no way somebody's stupid enough to do that. And Clay kept sending me this crap. He was like, no, it's here, it's here, it's here. And then I finally saw it on some websites that I'm like, 
are kind of credible. And I'm just like, wow. I was like, they're actually doing this? And what happens is there's going to be these new characters. One's called B-Negative. The other one's called um, Headlines or Streamline or something like that. Yeah. The Another one's called Trendsetter, I think is her name. And the other two are Safe Space and Snowflake, who are, I believe, non-binary. They don't have um, labels, you know, It's uh, if you're into all of that kind of stuff, which I have a really long discussion about that kind of stuff on my Let's Start a Conversation podcast, but um, with a friend of mine. And they are literally, they're drawn very stereotypically. Like, if you were to just put those two characters out into the world and be like, all right, um, guess which ones are gay or, you know, transgender or whatever, you'd pick these two characters because they are just, they're wearing like short, short suits, kind of, like that are very tight. And they have pink and blue hair. And one, the one's called Snowflake because she can make uh, snowflake shurikens. And the other one is called Safe Space because he can, uh, he's a total he, jock. He can um, he can do force fields, but he can only make force fields if he is protecting somebody. That's yeah. the that's the one catch. He can't just do it on command. He needs to be protecting somebody, and that is where the bubble comes in. Now, yeah, uh, I don't know. Juice's reaction to reading Suicide Squad was, "This is how you make." new characters yeah uh, because because my thing and this is get like a little bit preachy but when i because we have we had the whole stuff with you know marvel had that whole thing with the milkshake shit like comics gate all of that bullshit uh, and yeah. all those yeah all those guys were like oh you're shoving this down our throats you're throwing it in our face blah blah and granted a lot of those guys were dumb and they're just stupid to have those kind of like mindsets but at some points Every once in a while, those people that you think are very dumb actually have a point. And I think it gets to the... These kind of characters are when their points are valid. Because, one, I think... and I, You're on Twitter, and I'm not. And I believe you mentioned that even the gay community, the LGBT community, do not like these characters, right? Because they're pandering. Yeah. Like, they're very pandering characters. And that is not what you're supposed to do when you when you want to bring diversity into something. Diversity isn't like, all right, let's just make Batman black, let's make Superman Asian. Let's it's that's not diversity because you love these characters. And granted, when it comes to movies, that's very different. We're not going to get into that argument. But when it comes to comics, when you have the option to build characters, you don't got to do like skin color changes. When you bring in these new characters, just make them awesome, and then later on when their origin happens like oh they're gay or oh they're trans or oh they did this when they were little or oh they're this religion like you throw that in after you build their characters you don't lead with that you don't be like she's super gay she fights for women's rights like you don't that's just not how you build a character because you're just throwing shit in people's faces like how are you going to get somebody to like that when you're just saying like that's like saying superman can never be beaten there's no point in reading this comic book because he'll always win like Nobody's going to read that book, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like and I think that's the problem here. But with or, uh, is it Orsita, Ros- yeah. Rosita? Yeah, whatever. Orsita, well, I I I know I'm butchering the name. But anyways, the character in Suicide Squad, she's been a badass for what issue is this? 4? Yeah. She's been a badass for 3 issues already and she's like we've seen her like kill people and do everything and she's just a badass. In this, we find out 
that she has, like, the reason why she's going after the Suicide Squad or the reason why she has all this, like, crazy deceit behind her is because the Suicide Squad killed her wife and cut her arm off. Yeah. So, like, she's, like, super pissed at the Suicide Squad, and she was actually in the U.S. military. She was part of the military, and she's just mad that, like, she was like, I fought my whole life for this to protect this country, and they're using you assholes to do these kind of missions? Like, what's the point? And so you just find out this amazing origin and you're just like, that is the way you do these characters. At no point was I like, oh, she's gay. Fuck this character. No, I was like, cool. I didn't care. And I was like, she's awesome now because like she wants to go after these people because Boomerang killed her fucking wife. Yeah. Like that is awesome. And I just want to say DC has been making a lot of books for you, Juice. A lot of books. And the reason why I say that Juice has already shared his love for silhouettes. Mm-hmm. And, love it. And here in the beginning, this whole thing starts off with, you know, the uh, Task Force X is supposed to be a secret. No one is supposed to know about it whatsoever. So the government and Task Force X themselves have satellites all over the world so in case anybody were to talk about it, they would know and they would go after you. Well, yeah. Boomerang is just a little too tipsy one day and opens his big mouth. Mm-hmm. And the Australian government immediately goes after him. Immediately. Uh, within yeah. within seconds, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and freaking Boomerang, he goes all crazy and the very first kill is a red silhouette I that says yeah. that immediately says Suicide Squad within the silhouette. I immediately saw that. I was like, yeah, Nathan's going to... Uh, yeah. Juice is going to love this book. <laughs> yeah, Juice it was is, awesome. Juice is just going to love this book. So, and to be honest, I will be 100% honest. I love Flash. I love mm-hmm. uh, the rogues of the Flash. Yeah. But... I have never, ever, ever thought Boomerang as a badass until this book. Yeah, no, I thought that was really cool too. One, I will say I do love that silhouette because it's also, I have always liked when the titles of books are incorporated into the actual comic book. And um, like whether, like I loved when uh, Clay Man was doing them on Heroes in Crisis. That was like those were amazing. One thing that we would always talk about each week, it would come out. Yeah. So great. So I love that they're using Suicide Squad as like stuff happening in it. And I also took a type a typography class when I was in college. And so I love, absolutely love stuff like this. But yeah, I love what this is the one thing I will question about this. Why didn't they just blow his head off? Does he not have a bomb in his head anymore? I like so I don't know exactly how the Suicide Squad works in those instances. Yeah. Like I don't know. If Boomerang has found a way to disengage the bomb, or if mm-hmm. they make a deal, do they take the bomb out temporarily, but when, hey, we'll make a deal with you, you can leave and we'll take the bomb out of you, but if we need you, yeah. we need you, type of thing, and they put the bomb Or did he, yeah, did he finally, like, serve his sentence? Like, why is he not with them right now, too, you know what I mean? That's, that, like, see, I haven't been reading Suicide Squad like even mm-hmm. before Tom Taylor came on. So I don't know. I honestly yeah. don't know. 
So 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 what happens there is Boomerang kills all these people, which is amazing, and he looks awesome. And then, of course, since he's on the run, they need to send the Suicide Squad after well, him. I, so they go you, on a road trip. Before you go on to oh. that, I just want to say uh-huh. I love the beer math that him and his buddy do oh, in the yeah. bar. He's yeah, like, hey, I need awesome. to use your car. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you're, 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 you've been drinking. He's like, wait, I just killed all these men. And you're worried <laughs> about me drunk driving? He's like, hey, I only drank this much. I drank this much water. I went to the restroom this many times. And they're like, oh, so you're under the limit. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I've been here since two. Like, yeah, it was, it was that was pretty awesome. So, and, and I think that's the way people need to be written sometimes you know what i mean like the flash rogues are very goofy but you need to show them how they're threatening sometimes and i think that was really cool because i think boomerang is comedic relief like i i in, in that's one of the things i actually liked about suicide squad the movie was jai courtney's boomerang yeah. i thought he was very comedic and that's what he was meant to do but in that movie too he killed people yeah like and he did it very well so um so yeah that goes off to doing this road trip and harley's kind of like being harley you know she's being very like annoying and at one point they're in the drive she's like are we there yet are we there yet and they portal her out of like out of the van and she's like yeah you're probably gonna know to go get her and they bring her back and she was like so many emus (laughs) no dude (laughs) i love i love the page before that she's like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna drive and then because they're in a different country the steering wheel is in a different spot she's like oh right australia Yeah, um, yeah, and then we have this one page where they go out to this mountain cliff with an amazing freaking scenery and colors. Like it, it reminded me of Tomasi, which I yes. don't think he colored this. No, right. this one was done by. Let me see if I can find the page real quick. Uh, yeah, the colors on this one uh, were Andre, uh, Adriano Lucas was the yeah. colorist on so, this. Really good job. It, really good yeah, job. Yeah, really, really beautiful. But they went out to this place because Orsita and her whole crew know that they get no signal out here, so there's no way that the Suicide Squad, or, you know, Locke, who's the guy that's controlling them, can, you know, trace them down. So then they start talking about what's happening, and Harley is caught on to this. Like, Harley was like, look, I know you guys are hiding secrets, so she, like, ties all of them up. And she's like, you're going to tell me what's happening here. That is when we get the origin of Orsita. And we find out that Boomerang cut off her arm and killed her killed her wife. All in one go, by the way. So he sliced through an arm and killed her wife. All in one Boomerang thing, which is kind of gangster. Um, so we see that and we find out that, you know, we find out why she did what she did. So there's like a lot of these montages of her finding all these other characters um, and basically creating her Suicide Squad. Which and I we... thought was really cool writing was the fact that this is all for revenge. Yeah. And Osita planned everything to the T. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, and that's what you need to do with these kind of characters. It's like we've talked about before with the designer, right? If the designer turns out to just be a throwaway character to build to this Joker war, that's bullshit and a waste of a character. But if he is somebody that has been planning this out for years and he's finally going to strike and like he even shows up at the end of Joker War and be like, look, I've been planning this forever. That's going to solidify him as a badass Batman character. But if he just dies, 
like coming up soon, then we're gonna be like, man, fuck this character. But she, her finding out that she planned everything, she even planned getting caught. That's awesome. So like, she just showed how badass she is. Um, now I was kind of confused here. Well, where's this one where there's like this boom? She yes. said she underestimated Locke. So if you remember in issue one, uh huh, they all got the bomb stuck in them. And Osita yeah. was very hesitant to work with the with Locke and Suicide Squad. And he said, oh, well, if you're not going to listen to me. And remember, they blew up the teenager's head. He was like erosion or eruption or whatever his name was. He could oh, create yeah, explosions. Yeah, yeah. And it was really mm-hmm. ironic that he was the one that got his head exploded. So, yeah, okay. they, so Locke immediately killed him. And that's mm-hmm. what she's talking about. Yeah. And then, so, like, again, Harley, after Harley finds all this out, she's like, all right, I gotta talk. And so she goes and talks to Deadshot, and she's like, what the hell's going on with you? And Deadshot is basically saying, he's like, look, my time's gonna be up soon, or whatever, eventually, like, I don't, he basically doesn't want to die in the Suicide Squad, and he wants to get out. So he's kind of just going along with this. And, um, you know, they kind of make some jokes about, you know, Harley goes back, she's like, all right, whatever. Um, she she makes a joke about like just following people, right? Like she's like, I often get followed. I also like fall into that kind of crap, um, and she doesn't take it personally. But they said they were gonna kill Harley. Like they're like, yeah, we were gonna kill you, and she's like, ah, I don't take it personal. Everybody wants to kill me. Is basically what she says. Well, one thing and, I do want to say also, the reason why you can really feel for Deadshot is mm-hmm. you know when in this whole conversation that you know he thinks that his days are limited in the in the Suicide Squad. Is because Locke is really getting under his skin. Right before yeah. this, when they said, "Hey, we're gonna go get Boomerang," like Deadshot was like, "No, he's one of us. Like, yeah. if we're gonna take him in, we're gonna take him in alive, and we're gonna see what the hell's going on." And yeah. Locke immediately said, "Okay, that's one more year on your sentence." Yeah, and he's sure. like, and he's like, "No, that's not how that works. That's not what we agree to when we mm-hmm. become a part of the Suicide Squad." And Locke is just being a dick and saying, "Well, these are my rules." So Deadshot knows that if anybody's going to kill him or anything, it's going to be this Locke character. So if he's out of the picture like Osita wants, then his days will no longer be quote unquote limited and he'll be able to walk freely. So, yeah. And yeah, for sure. I totally get that too. And I'm always curious if there's ever been an issue in Suicide Squad where somebody just tries to kill the main person. Like, I feel like Deadshot, being as crazy and awesome as he is, he should be able to take out Locke in a second. And I wonder, like, if he... I mean, I know that they built in, like, oh, you'll die. Like, we'll blow up your head. But, like, does the... Does, like, Locke have an automatic, like, oh, if my heart stops beating, y'all all blow up? You know what I mean? Like, something like that. I feel like because he I, does. I could yeah. very much see that happening. So, anyways, they end up getting done to this road trip, and it's, uh basically boomerang has set up a trap and um it i like the line that they they wanted to take that speedster guy i don't i forget his name uh, um jog he, or, or jog yeah yeah and uh because they said they're like yeah take him because you know he's had some trouble with speedsters in the past so i like that, that was a little like a flash reference which is kind of cool 
And what happens is uh, when they finally pull up to this junkyard that has all of these cars that are like apparently that have died across uh, like Australia because apparently the people just leave them there instead of taking responsibility for yeah, them. Yeah, the road that they were traveling on is apparently a really famous road that goes like long, a very long distance. And sometimes yeah. cars don't make it all the way across. So these are all the vehicles that don't make it. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. But it turns out that Boomerang had a plan for them. And what happens is they try to rush him, and uh, Deadshot takes uh, into account that Boomerang says he's been waiting here for a while. And so he's like, what do you mean you've been waiting for us? And Jog rushes, and Boomerang's like, no, I mean, not Boomerang, uh, Deadshot's like, don't, like, you know, stop. And then it just ends on, a like, a full-page spread of a big old explosion, and Jog's, like, on fire. Yeah. So I absolutely love this, because... We've talked about it uh, in recent issues where, you know, when we were discussing the Batman who laughs for so long, I get really, except when it's Batman, <laughs> I get really annoyed when somebody is just super OP. Like, and I'm just like, oh my God. I was like, show me some weakness. And I've read so much Batman that I know he has weaknesses, you know? So like, I'm like, oh yeah, you can beat him. It's just, um, he's just better than you. Uh, but when it comes to like these guys, they were owning the Suicide Squad. Like they were making Harley and Deadshot and everybody their bitches. Yeah. And I was like, come on, man. I was like, these are the people that fight Batman on a day to day. Like you're gonna tell me that Orsita and all these people can go up against like the Justice League right now. And so like I'm finally glad that an OG Suicide Squad person like Boomerang has outsmarted them. And so I'm interested to see what's gonna happen here because. Like we thought at the beginning when, you know, um, oh, wow, I'm forgetting. Tom Taylor wrote this book. We we're like, oh, he just made a whole bunch of characters to die. But he's yeah. made them really cool. Like, I don't want Orsita to die. I think she's awesome now. Um, but I don't give a fuck about Jog. Like, if he dies right now, I don't care about him. I don't care about some of the other ones yeah, either. Yeah, it's his, his powers are weird because he can run really fast, but yeah. he can only do it in bursts because his metabolism, he doesn't have a healing like his like the flash his his whole body is sped up and so yeah. his metabolism is sped up his his eating processing is sped up like everything is sped up jog only has like speed that's all he has he can just yeah. run fast so it really tires him out and things like that so it is a weakness and it feels very old school because that's a conversation we've had also that mm -hmm. uh that nowadays heroes and villains don't really have weaknesses anymore. Yeah. And for, you know, these characters to have it in there, there is a little bit of that taste of nostalgia in there, but it makes for really good, you know, story writing when people can take advantage of those things. Yeah. So, um, I just realized this when we we're um, like coming down to this issue. So the whole team didn't go obviously because zebra man wasn't there. And did that guy that can control the seven deadly sins, did he die? Because no. he's, like, not in this book at all. No, he didn't die. Uh, he just did okay. He's just not in the, like, in this, in this team that is going to get uh, Yeah. Also, I don't ever remember seeing this black chick before. This Dylas scene? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, was she, she there? She was, she has been part of the, the group the entire time. Uh, uh -huh. She is basically, like the huntress or the hunter like think of uh what's that spider-man character craven craven yeah think yeah. think of craven but uh -huh. female basically oh that's weird i honestly i feel like that's the first time i've ever seen her 
So she must have had not any, not any prominent panels because I don't remember her at all. Yeah. But uh, anyways, she's the, she's the one that killed uh, Magpie in the first issue. Oh, yeah. shit, man. That feels like so long ago. This I is know. monthly, though, right? I believe it's monthly. Yeah, that's probably why I forgot already. Um, uh, but either way, Tom Taylor's been do- been knocking it out of the park with a lot of his work lately. Um, so Suicide Squad, definitely something I'll continue reading. Uh, it's fun. I like where they're going. And I'm interested to see who's going to be behind Locke. Yeah, um, for sure. It, it better not be fucking that one guy that Bendis is writing. I'd be pissed. Oh, God. That would be I so done. Taylor, Tom yeah. Taylor, don't do that to me. Please don't. Yeah. So uh, from there, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Detective. Um, this, uh, what did you think about this issue? Because I know you said, did you had, I think you had way more issues with this than I did. With this, I, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, I, I like Brad Anderson's art. Uh, recently, I have been, I, I think your comments Walker. about. Yeah, sorry, uh, not Brad Anderson. Brad Anderson is uh, the colorist, I think. Yeah. Uh, Brad Walker here. Uh, I think your comments about the bat suit with him have really gotten mm-hmm. to me, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it doesn't you about like right. the squareness. Yeah, the squareness and the yeah. shininess and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm starting. Well, to he like, has a big old head. He like, does. He, he has a huge head. But yeah. no, the the big thing that you know. My biggest problems only came in from the very beginning of the book, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, we open up with a two, four, six, eight, ten panel page, half of it being Batman, half of it being Two-Face, uh, and it's really setting up the issue for you. And the only problem yeah. that I have with this is the narration that Batman has is in these five panels on his side, basically mm-hmm. sum up the entire issue. Mm-hmm. of of uh because this is technically 1021 it sums up completely of 1020 now yeah i the only reason why this is bothering me is imagine reading this in a trade so you immediately finish reading 120 and then you yeah. immediately get a sum up of what you just read like yeah. that's why it bothers me um now if this was issue number four or five like this sum up or whatever i can Mm -hmm. understand because okay it's been a while let's you know talk about what what has happened and then let's move forward yeah so that's one thing that i had an issue with but one thing that i made issue with you was the fact that uh at one point uh the two-face and harvey are basically of course they're always fighting to be more prominent or whatnot and yeah. when Two-Face flips the coin, Harvey Dent comes out as far as the persona because it is the clean heads. And he says to protect yeah. the city. And mm-hmm. so all of the disciples of this new Two-Face cults, whatever, yeah. they are They're protecting... His two people are called Vice and Versa. I noticed yeah. that. Vice and Versa. They... They are taking care of the city. They are actually protecting the city. And they stop Catwoman. Catwoman yeah. is stealing jewelry. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. She has the richest man in Gotham to buy her all of these diamonds, all of these pearls, whatever she wants. And she's still stealing? Like, mm-hmm. that bothered me. Yeah. Now, 
I understand, and I immediately told you after I said it bothered me. I said, I understand that she probably misses the thrill of the chase, and she's mm-hmm. probably still doing it, but nonetheless, it still bothers me. And then you did say that, you know, there is evidence that Batman does take the things that she steals, and he puts them back. Yeah. And, you know, it's just the little game that Tom King really wrote out for them that they play. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it's it's you know like it's their kink. <laughs> it's it's cops and robbers, you know what I mean? Like Batman has forever let her get away. Yeah. And he's like, "Look, I'm going to get your shit back. I'm going to let you play your little thief thing. We're going to do our thing and then, you know, at the end of the day, I'm taking that shit back, okay?" <laughs> so like it's it's their kink. Like that's what they do. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I I will say when you pointed out because you had read this before I did. So, like, um, I did take into consideration, like, when you were talking about how it didn't sound like Batman's dialogue. Like, it seemed like he was recapping the issue, but it didn't sound like his inner monologue, which these little panels are supposed to be. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think this is the thing. I think when it comes to Batman, people write it out as somebody who should read it instead of how Batman should be thinking. Yes. Like, in this particular panel, it says, no chance to pull Prince of Blood and get some more info on the crew. I feel like Batman would be like, there's no time to get uh, Prince. Like, there's no time to get Prince um, or Blood. Like, or something, like, very short. Like, yes. Very short quick and quick to the point. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I think that's what, how most people think. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, for it, sure. Like, I understand that visually, when you read something, you want it to be like a complete sentence whatever but these Mm -hmm. are supposed to be inner dialogue these are narration boxes you're supposed to play with the voices of your characters and this just doesn't like equal batman you know yeah especially with this i took down four and a half scarred goons in black and white suits ver ver verinating verinating i don't know how to say that two-face in the middle of a scorched earth campaign bent on erasing dense murderous tracks you would not think that way yeah like you would just talk about how like these are new players in town they have to be working with two-face like that's what that is yes and like yeah, and again, I know we I've been very vocal about um, you know, Snyder's writing recently, but Snyder has some of the best inner dialogue for Batman yes. ever. Yes. Like he does it so well. And um I think that's what made his story so good because he understood the inner thinkings of Batman. And Batman doesn't talk a lot. Like even to the people he loves, like he just doesn't talk a lot. And um so his inner dialogue is very important. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am a fan of the Two-Face, like, cult. I think it's really cool. Um, I like that he does have Vice and Versa. Like, I think that's very cool. I thought, like, I feel like he would have done that more as a justice-type thing. But I guess Vice Versa makes more sense when it comes to a coin, I guess? I don't know. Um, I thought they should have been called Heads and Tails, to be honest. Uh, but I thought that was interesting... But yeah, it was cool that they, you know, they protect the city. Um, I like, I did enjoy, by the way, uh, Brad, I know you said like, oh, your comments about Brad Walker's writing has got me annoyed. I enjoy Brad Walker's stuff. It just, it looks weird at times. Like it just, it's the eye, I think it's the eyes that I don't like because they're very big at times. Um, but I will say I do have the second ever drawn sketch 
of the Arkham Knight. So I really appreciate Brad Walker for that. So because uh, I got it at Comic Con, so I think that was really awesome. So um, yeah, we see more of like we see a cool version of the Batmobile. What do you think of the Batmobile in this? I immediately thought of the. Uh... Oh wait, I am thinking of the next book we're going to be talking about. But this one, yeah, this no, one was. Yeah, this one was cool. I really like the slickness of it. Uh, yeah. I like the... Of course, if a Batmobile is not low to the ground, it's not a Batmobile, mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah, Like, it sure. needs to be low to the ground. I really dug this look. Uh, I love the way Brad Walker also drew the interior, although you only see the computer. It just It's, it's, it's a very nice visual. Uh but yeah, yeah. I, I really dug this Batmobile. Yeah. And I think that DC and now McFarlane Toys needs mm-hmm. to, they basically need to, like, uh, Todd McFarlane needs to go to every artist and be like, hey, draw me a Batmobile. Yeah. And then pick out of the best ones and they need to start making Batmobiles. Yeah, that would be a cool collections to be able to buy. Um not Hot Wheel size though. I want They're, them to be toy size. Yes. Like, you know, like a good like uh, six inches maybe. Yeah, that would I, be a I, good size. I would say, or even the size of like your standard phone nowadays, I think would be kind of cool too. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Uh, I guess each one would be kind of different, like yeah. size wise. So, but yeah, I think that'd be really dope. Um, I will say, when I was reading this, I was really annoyed at first because I was like, because Batman instantly runs into two-face which is aka harvey dent at this point in the story right outside the bat cave so that's saying that freaking harvey dent knows yes. where the bat cave so is if you didn't read this is why i told you also that mm-hmm. this book is technically a sequel to a tomasi story of batman and robin in the new 52 yeah apparently in that story uh, Harvey Dent finds out where the Batcave is, or mm-hmm. he finds out where the Batcave is, and he finds out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. But because Two Face is an actual different persona, he does not know. Only yeah. Harvey Dent does, and he does reiterate that here in the book. Yeah, and for a lot of people that don't know. Harvey Dent, depending on how you read it, but I would say a majority of continuity or canon is that Bruce and Harvey Dent actually known each other since childhood or they were very young adults and knew each other and they were really good friends. Yes. Um, If I'm not mistaken, it's when it came to Snyder, Snyder did All-Star Batman and he had him chasing Two-Face throughout the country and I believe it went. They went to a, like an orphanage where they met for the first time, or something like that, or like a boys' home. And mm-hmm. that's where Two Face met Bruce Wayne for the first time, and that's where they built their relationship. So um, it could be as young as childhood. So um, so they're basically friends. If you watch the animated series, they're like old friends. And like Bruce is there when he like first gets injured, and when he's dating Ivy, and like all this stuff. Like they're like really good friends. So. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense on why Harvey would never give the secret away of Bruce Wayne. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, why wouldn't he just go tell Penguin? Why wouldn't he just go tell everybody else? Um, but we are dealing with split personalities here. Harvey Dent is a good guy. Two-Face is not. Um, 
But at the same time, there's a lot of these villains that don't give a fuck if they know his persona. Granted, DC, I do not want you giving away Batman's identity to everybody. Like, let's not do that. Let's not pull a Marvel. Yeah. Let's not pull a Marvel here because I like that he fights so hard to keep it a secret. And I like that he's done, like, he's had Dick Grayson, like, be Bruce Wayne for a day or vice versa there. Like, you know, he's been Batman when he's Bruce Wayne, like, in Tom King's The Court Issue, you know what I mean, for Freeze. Like, those were cool. I love when that kind of stuff happens because it's just, it's a different part of the character. So, um, so for anybody that's questioning that, that's why. But um, then we see that Batman, did you, I, I guess I got kind of confused here. I did read this issue kind of fast. Why did he just leave him in the Batmobile? Like, so like handcuffed. He, he was all, like, of course, Batman was already going to be uh, looking into something at, yeah. I, I forget where. But he I was, think like, it was okay. like, where he thought. Yeah. He, he basically said, he, he basically said, hey, I'm going to leave you in the car. We're gonna we're gonna help you, but I need to look into this really quickly. And yeah. he goes into this museum or whatever, and that's when Harvey and Two Face are basically battling it out. And but mm-hmm. Harvey's getting really passionate about like, hey, I'm not gonna you know tell anybody your secret. I I'm you know still the main guy that I am. I'm a good person. Yeah. I try to help the city. And he is kicking and screaming and hitting his head and doing all these things. He accidentally hits the eject button, basically, on his yeah. seat and nearly breaks his neck. Like, he doesn't, mm-hmm. but he nearly breaks his, head, his neck. And it actually breaks open the Batmobile. And Two-Face comes out, not Harvey Dent. And at yeah. this point, this is where Batman is starting to... You know, follow the breadcrumbs. He sees where this underground cult is. He opens the door, and Two Face is right behind him. I really love yeah. the uh, the when Batman turns his head. He's turning his head because Harvey or because Two Face is flipping the coin, and you see the little like twing yeah. thing, the 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 sound effect, yeah. and he just lights up Batman at the very end of the book. Yeah, and like it's a it's, it's more than two shots. Yeah, um, uh, one, two, so. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven oh, shots. Well, yeah, eleven shots makes sense because two two ones. Um, so because I was about to say it's not an even number. Um, but uh, so the one thing I do want to point out first of all, very flawed design in the Batmobile. If the roof doesn't open when you hit the eject button, <laughs> uh, very flawed design. <laughs> Um, but I will say that how I like how Batman are, and you know, the Tomasi here, low key, just kind of, uh, reminded you if you're a shitty guy and doesn't, don't treat your woman right. Batman would kick your ass. Uh, oh, because yeah, we have security guard, we, we have this security guard with his feet up, just like super dick, not doing his job. Kind of like how I am at my job. Um, He's just there, and he's like, yeah, he's on the phone talking to somebody, and he's like, yeah, so I figure if she wants to stay together, she'll do as I, and he's about to say, as I tell her, and Batman comes in here and just pinches his, like, nerves, and he knocks out, and he's like, and he just falls down, and he's just, like, knocked out, (laughs) and uh, I love that. I love when Batman just beats the shit out of shitty people, Um, and he didn't even do anything. He just literally knocked this guy out by pinching him, Um, so it just shows how much of a bitch that dude is. 
But uh, yeah, and then of course the guy is still knocked out when Harvey goes into the building. Like they just have a random other panel of Harvey sneaking by the security guard, and he is still out. Yeah. So like, yeah, I thought that was awesome. Like, I thought that was just cool because Batman has always had little iconic, like, comments about justice and equality and stuff like that. So I've always loved that kind of stuff. Um. So yeah, he got totally uh beat, but I enjoyed the issue. Like I said, the the art was pretty dope, and I'm enjoying this Two Face story. More than the previous Tomasi Two Face story that was in Detective, because if I'm not mistaken, he was writing that one as well, right? I don't think it was Tomasi. I think it was some no? random person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one was weird. That was where um, Batman was saying "bro" and like all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I wasn't enjoy. Man, I gotta go back and look who that was. I thought that was Tomasi, but whatever. I guess maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. And, and anyway, I did not like that Two Face story. This one I'm enjoying because I like that there's a cult and all this stuff involved in it. But we're gonna move over to the finally, the final issue of this series, which I and I remember you asked me, and we can go ahead and talk about it. You asked me a big question when it came into regards of this comic book, and we had this big discussion at work. But um, feel free to ask that question again while we're reading this. But uh, we're finally I have a final issue. Of, what... You were asking why is it okay for this to happen, but it's not okay for somebody else to do it or some shit like that. Okay, okay, yeah. Like, like, so um, yeah, Curse of the White Knight. This is the final issue. If you guys listened to the previous, not the previous podcast, but a few podcasts ago when we talked about issue six, uh, I was done with this book. Like, I'm over it. <laughs> um, and so while reading this, I like you know I asked Clay. I was like, meh. That's literally just what I said after I read this. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Clay, you can go ahead and take this one away because yeah, I'll so kind of just whatever about this book. These books are never short. That's the one thing that really yeah. bothers me. Whenever it gets to a point where we're kind of fed up with the story, they are. Yeah. this is 33 pages, and that is including uh, two covers. So, really, it's 31 pages, 30 pages, realistically. And... You know, the really big thing that we saw in last issue was the fact that Batman basically doesn't think he's Batman anymore. And because he's not Bruce Wayne, which he is Bruce Mm -hmm. Wayne, because that's legally what's on his birth certificate. And uh, because he can't read or his maybe maybe this Batman is is actually insane the way that everybody (laughs) thinks he is. Uh, But anyway. He basically is carrying a gun now. He is ready to kill. He is breaking all sorts of rules. And he confronts Azrael. And he does basically uh, lose that first confrontation. And we get a really heartfelt uh, conversation with with Dick Grayson, with Nightwing. And he is very passionate about Bruce not breaking his code. Like, hey, you need to stick with what you are, and you are not a killer. And Batman is being super emo at the moment. He's like, you're not going to tell me what to do, Mom. And, you know, but at the same time, Dick Grayson, he says, uh, uh, what does he, Batman says, I tried to save you. And I failed because I am not much of a father. And mm-hmm. and Dick Grayson says, maybe not, but you are my father. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Dick Grayson doesn't have any parents. 
Like, yeah. it's not like he just offered him to stay at his house for a couple weeks. He adopted Dick Grayson and took him yeah. under his wing and became that parental, you know, person in his life. And he says, uh, if you're going to end this, that's fine, but you need to end it your way, not as Azrael, but as Batman. And so Batman leaves. He grabs the two uh, swords that mm-hmm. were a part of the Wayne uh, crest. And yeah. he, uh, at the Wayne Manor or whatever, and he confronts Azrael again. And Azrael's like, oh, this suit has, you know, automatic battle ranks. And this is the one thing that, like, Azrael could never be Batman. Like, never. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, I just got my ride pimped out. And this, and this, and this. And you're going to come at me with swords? And yeah. and Batman kind of presses his buttons. He's like, well, uh, I know that you, you, the sword that you have there is the sword of God. And uh, mm-hmm. if you were really God's chosen one, do you really think you would need anything else? Like, yeah. that that was like, ooh. He super got baited. Yeah, he <laughs> super yeah. got baited. And what did you think of the Batmobile that transformed into a boat? Uh, that was different. Yeah, that was different. Kind of weird. At first, I didn't know what it was doing. I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, and then I real because at first I was like, "Is he just gonna run into the dam? What is going on?" And then I realized, "Oh wait, that's water. He's going above it." Okay, yeah, it makes yeah. sense now. But yeah, it looked like it was transforming into like a gun. I was like, "What is <laughs> happening here?" <laughs> and then it turned into a boat. A super, and I was like, a "Oh." Yeah, and then I was just like, okay. But uh, um, but they do have a sword fight. And uh, again, because the guy can... Well, first, I will say... Because uh, is it right here where it happens? Uh, let me see. Yeah, so he puts the uh, shield onto the Batmobile when Azrael's head is like yeah. right next to the car. And of mm-hmm. course, uh, Murphy cannot stay away from any references from any other movie do you remember which movie this was off of uh i'm looking at the quote say the quote and then no, I'll no, see if no. I remember the, it. it's it's the shield on the uh oh the uh, uh is it it's the one with penguin and catwoman yeah they yeah yeah and, yeah. It, and it like has layers or whatever well, it's it that car like yeah scales yeah mm-hmm. I, I immediately saw it and i was like oh another reference from freaking Batman Returns. And of course, Azrael's helmet gets stuck. He gets his head out and they continue the fight. And then Batman gets baited and Mm -hmm. slits his throat. Yeah. I didn't like that. I'm I'm surprised you didn't make the comments about how you don't like the eyes in the cows because they show the eyes so Uh, much in this issue. Yes. They show the (laughs) eyes in the cows. I can't remember where it was exactly. Uh, I well, think it's the it page right so... before. He, it's the page he slices his throat. Is it? His eyes are there. Yeah. Well, I I think the one you're really annoyed by is probably the one where Azrael's like choking him, and you see his blue eyes. Like, yeah. It's uh, page ten. It's yes, like a big panel. Yeah. That's that one's that's the one that I really got annoyed about. That what that yeah. was the one that I was like, oh, that's so annoying. But then you see it again right before he, when when Batman gets baited, when he's getting angry, he yeah. slits his throat, and then he immediately says, "Oh, I'm sorry. Let me uh, let me sew you up there, buddy." 
I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna save you now. Yeah, and- he. I love, I love how he has a fucking car that can turn into a boat. But what does he pull out of the Batmobile? A, a baby first, first aid kit. A first aid kit. <laughs> like, how is that not on this fucking belt where he has a knife that cuts into his gut every time he moves? Like, no, how does he not have a well, first no, kid, like a first is, aid kit on that? Isn't there? I don't know if I've seen this in a cartoon or whatnot. I'm pretty sure this is a cartoon that's unrelated to DC Comics, but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. there has been implemented in some sort of sci-fi media where they basically have like super glue like first aid putty that goes into oh yeah yeah for sure like why doesn't batman have that i think that's a real thing actually uh like in real life i think it's something like that because i want to say i've seen that done before where people that are bleeding out really well and don't it do not quote this me on this people if you're in a dire situation go to the fucking (laughs) hospital but i think people in dire situations have thrown like super glue on their skin because it hardens so fast yeah, it's going to fucking hurt later, but Ooh. if it saves your life, I guess. I don't know if that's true, but I want to say I saw that like We are not somewhere. healthcare yes, professionals. Yes, do not. Do not yes. quote us on do any of this. Do not fucking do that. Do not do all. any of it. But We're just nerds that talk about shit. Yeah. Um, but uh but of course he saves him or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh this was the part that we both got bothered by. Uh yeah. Murphy decided to attempt to again make sense of this whole i'm the real wayne you're not you're a a uh what are they called bizarre or whatever uh, bakar bakar yeah i think it's, i'm yeah. a wayne you know he's trying to make sense of it all and talks yeah. about how uh the last night of saint dumas gave the child to a wayne that changed their name to valley or sorry it was a uh yeah edwin williams daughter uh gave it to yeah and they changed their name to valley whatever so trying to make sense of it still doesn't make sense i'm sorry murphy uh you attempted i applaud you i applaud you for attempting but it just doesn't make the mark it really doesn't but yeah, because so it's saying that John Paul Valley is a Wayne. Yes, basically. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. And then they come to this weird conclusion that they're both a Batman. Yeah. Um. But and... of course, at the very end, Bruce is wanting to uh, turn himself in. Uh, Harley, his new boo, uh, doesn't like that, so she is trying to like break him out already. Uh, he convinces her not to. Uh. And we basically see that Bruce Wayne calls in somebody to basically be his guard at Arkham or Blackgate, wherever they are. And this person says, hey, do you really think that this cell can hold you? I know you. You're Batman. This this isn't possible. And Bruce Mm -hmm. Wayne says, yeah, but that's exactly why I called you here. We see the person, somebody in the military, but... It zooms in on his name tag, and it says Todd, and then it says the end. Yeah, I will say it is cool that there is this silhouette. You know how I love silhouettes. Uh, they're standing on opposite ends of the glass, but in the silhouette, they're Batman and Robin. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I think we both looked at each other, and we were like, really? Todd in the army? Like, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... 
again, I was already done with this book at the end of issue six um, because we saw that you know he's no longer Batman. He's going to do all this bullshit, and he's going to have a gun in this issue. And he basically broke every code he ever had. Um, and I have made, and this is what Clay was asking me. He was asking me, like, why is it different here, blah, blah, blah. But the reason why Batman has been so great or why he's been so, like, I guess, what's the word for so long? Like, appealing, I guess, is because no matter what, no matter what obstacle Batman has been thrown in front of him, he has always stuck to his moral code. We saw that was the biggest reason about Red Hood and why Red Hood was so appealing. His freaking basically one of his sons jason todd was murdered by the joker and every parent in the world 99 percent of the time will tell you if somebody killed my kid i'm gonna kill that person but batman doesn't do it because batman is what pe- he's the best of what people should be you know what i mean because everybody would resort to violence if something was done to them but you know how hard it is to actually forgive somebody or to go beyond wanting to cause violence to somebody else like, that is a level beyond a lot of humanity. You know what I mean? And that's why Batman is the best of people. And to be able to be somebody that never stoops to that is why he's so great. And he, they just, I, I just, I get annoyed with every writer that does it. It's why I got so annoyed with Snyder, is when they just throw away that history, when they throw away that big factor of batman and they're just like nah, fuck it like he's a normal dude he would do this like no that's why people love him so much because he's not a normal dude like he does the things that we wish we could do but, also, but we know we're like, always do you think that they're trying to implement this idea that and i'm i'm sure this is like verbatim what snyder said in the last night uh uh-huh. but is it like He's so fed up, he finally breaks kind of thing, rather than, like, just getting rid of all of his... Like, it's not like he's throwing in the towel. It's literally, like, he is breaking to the point where, fuck it, I'm gonna kill. I I mean, I I think that's what they're trying to go for. But it's like we've, you know, we've talked about in a lot of issues before. That is such a hard landing to make. You know what I mean? Because you're talking about a granted, oh, freaking when he started out, he would kill people. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Again, things have changed over time, people. For the last, I would say, what, 30, 40 years, maybe he hasn't killed. Like, when did that rule get in place? Like, I think in the 60s was like that rule came into effect that he doesn't kill. Like, I know I've looked it up before, uh-huh. but that rule's been in place for a really long time. He stopped using guns way before that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you know what? Times change. It's, it's also the reason why the Batmobile doesn't look like a car anymore. It looks like a badass vehicle. Um, but everybody, everybody's pulling out freaking cars from the, you know, forties. Like, Oh, see, it looks exactly like the one in the Batman movie. Um, no times have changed. Uh, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's, I, I look, I understand where, again, this is the Murphy verse, the Snyder verse. I mean, the Snyder verse is actually canon and continuity, but I get what he tried to do in Last Earth, but it just doesn't work with this character. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it's, I, I posed this question to Clay, and granted, we came up with a cool story after this, which we're not going to tell you, <laughs> but um, I posed this question to Clay. I was like, look, dude, like, imagine Superman, right? Like, everybody knows Superman as the Boy Scout, the guy that always has hope. I was like, tell me a story for a long period of time where Superman is just emo and doesn't fucking care and doesn't do that. That wouldn't be Superman. 
And from my understanding, you don't, you can't recall one, right? Like, there's not a like a twenty-five issue story where he's just fucking sad and not hopeful. Yeah. Right. So, and and the reason for that is because that's not Superman. Like Superman has always been, again, the best of humanity. He's a fucking alien, but he's the best of us. He's somebody that doesn't give up. He will continue to fight for the good of humanity. And to see him emo and like, oh, fuck everybody. I don't care if people die. That wouldn't be Superman. And so Batman breaking his rule, the one thing that he basically became Batman to do at the age of eight or wherever you think he started this, like, it's just dumb. Like, you're getting rid of the whole character. It's like Diana not having hope or Diana not, like, fighting, like, for a better cause or fighting for women. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if she's just like, I'm only fighting for men because fuck women. Like, that wouldn't be Diana. Like, she always fights for the innocent. And there are things in characters that, yes, you can play around. You can do stories like Tom King. You can do stuff like that. But you should always have that character's core values at this out of any story. And granted, you can do Elseworlds stuff or you can do um, freaking, like, the nightmare, um, dark multiverse stuff. But... I think when it comes to a majority of these stories, you should do that. And granted, I know people that probably love Sean Murphy are like, dude, it's a fucking Elseworld story. It's not canon. That's fine. I'm just telling you why I don't like the story. Um, because there's been plenty of other Elseworld stories out there that have kept to Batman's core values. And they've still been really good. So that's just my biggest thing. Like I said, he lost me last issue. He just went full-blown guns trying to kill somebody. We don't even know if John Paul Valley lived. Like, you know, they didn't show him in a hospital bed. It just showed Bruce trying to save him. Like, for all we know, he died. And if in reality, they don't give you a pass. You know what I mean? Like, in reality, if you tried to kill somebody, you're like, oh, fuck, my bad, bro. Let me try to save you. And that person dies. They're not going to be like, well, he tried to save him, guys. Like, I'm pretty sure he's innocent, right? Like, he didn't, you know, come on. Um, No, you're going to fucking jail. And so, like, yeah, I I don't think that gives him a pass because he snapped. And then he was like, oh, shit, my bad. You know, so like he killed him. If if John Paul Valley's dead, Batman's a killer. Yeah. So I don't know. So that was my biggest thing. Um, again, I, I'm not going to stop reading Sean Murphy comics. Like, I think I like his version. I like that he does, you know, do the animated series stuff a lot. That's really cool because it's stuff I like. I would definitely implement animated series stuff. Maybe not to his degree, like the quotes and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would definitely continue buying his stuff. I just, you know, he lost me with the story. And he kind of lost me at the end of White Knight as well. Like, he never referenced that ending. Yeah. Um, which we think he just retconned it. Unless, but then again, you know what we could, well, we could say, because he's, he's lost us with this whole, like, you're not a Wayne kind of weird storytelling. Maybe this was that. Like, he wasn't going to talk about it at all. But like, oh, yeah, he does like the violence. That's why he killed. Like, if that's his whole thing later on, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's just bad storytelling, bro. <laughs> um, because, like, it, it, that didn't come across as clear yeah, at no, all not if at that's all. what this was supposed to be. So I don't know, man. Um, I visually, I thought it was cool. I think, of course, we both have our nitpicks. That knife annoys me to all ends. But that's just being a fucking, you know, picky ass comic book nerd. Um but you know what? Again, I will read the Murphy verse when he does this uh, Batgirl, Harley, and Nightwing stuff because I'm really hoping he can do a good Nightwing story, or whoever's writing that. We don't know what's gonna happen with that because he's, from my understanding, he's writing like Batman Beyond now, like his version yes. is what we're thinking. 
Um, also, was Damien ever in this series? Nope. Nope. So I wonder if that's going to happen. Because, I mean, what are we going to do now? Everybody's dead. Like, all the villains are dead. Yeah, and his new wife is going to be Harley. So Yeah. So uh, is one of those kids going to be, like, is she going to be Damien's mom? No, it's going to be Helena and Damien. Quinzel. That would be something. And they're going to be that twins. That would be something. Yeah, that would. Is, that's going to be some bullshit, right? Like they're actually not <laughs> Joker's kids. They were Bruce's this whole time because Bruce and Harley did it during freaking, you know, some bullshit. But yeah, I I'm surprised he didn't give us a Bruce and uh, Harley Quinn banging uh, spot. We were totally series. expecting it though. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah, that's crazy. You want to know what I feel like we haven't read in a really long time? We haven't read a black label Batman story. Uh, yeah. Like, when was the last thing we read? The ending of um, Lemire's run. Yeah, the very end of the uh, yeah. the Killer Smile. But remember, yeah, which, it's gonna uh, be, there's going to be a one shot. Remember? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be. Oh, called, we don't know when uh, we'll get that now. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, the Batman's well. I guess the well, yeah, Batman because the the other two stuff is Harley Quinn stuff. So, yeah, but yeah, and those wait, well, it's only one more Harley Quinn, right? Because the other one finished. Quinzel oh, yeah. finished. Yeah, Harleen finished. So um, it's gonna be yeah, just Harleen. the uh, Joker, Harley, criminal yeah. insanity. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like I'm very surprised. Although, I don't know. So I don't know what what's his name's working on right now, man. So, um. Uh, oh man, I'm forgetting Bermehu. Uh, if you guys don't follow Lee Bermehu on Instagram, you should. Um, but he's been posting on his Instagram story. He's dude. He is drawing this beautiful Catwoman right now. It is so gorgeous. And I just realized that Catwoman's never been in one of their stories before. Mm-hmm. So he's drawing this amazing Catwoman with his super hyper realistic style, and she's like stealing some stuff. But dude, he's like she's wearing like a leather suit, and he has like the stitching down and everything on it. Like it's gorgeous. And um, but I don't know what he's writing or what he's drawing that's being written. I know that they have a Joker story coming out in the 80th anniversary. But it would be really weird if they're going to do, like, Catwoman in there, too, I guess. But because, like, those are going to be short stories, you know? So I don't know if he's working on something else because I thought they were done. And we've had this discussion before, and I don't know if we had a discussion on the podcast, but we thought they were done after the whole debacle for Damned. Um, But I don't know, man. I guess they threw the money at them or something because he's putting in a lot of work on a Batman book right now. Yeah. Something. So, uh, I'm excited to see that because I love Azrael and I mean, uh, Azarello and, um, and Bermehu together. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, just like I love Snyder and, uh, Capullo together. So, um, I'm very interested to see when those teams come together, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know what that sucks now is we're going to get delayed on Catwoman probably. Yep. Damn, that sucks because I wanted to read that Helena story. That really sucks. We're, we're uh, getting delayed... At minimum two weeks, at maximum a month. Yeah, which that blows. Because that's going to throw everything off, like metal. But you know what? This is perfect if they don't want to do 5G anymore. They can definitely go back and start changing things if they want to, for sure. Yeah, they they could literally tell... um, 
what's his face, Tinny, and they're like, hey, uh, we're switching up things. Do you want to continue? Which you've said you don't believe he's going to continue past this, right? Did we just get a different person? Yeah, I think we'll get a completely different person. Yeah, which would be very interesting, um, especially if they're going to be going on to, like, uh, you know, just continuing with Bruce Wayne as Batman instead of doing, like, the black Batman and all that jazz. Which, again, I, I don't see... He's going to just shoehorn him in. Yeah. Like, he hasn't been in there for seven issues already. Six issues. So, like, I don't see where that's going to start. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to suck. Uh, I... It's going to be very curious next couple few weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like I said, you will continue to get a Batman News Weekly podcast every weekend. But uh, as of right now, we are we are going to be just as surprised as you with what happens in the next coming weeks. Um, <laughs> because we don't know what to do. But we will have something. We'll either cover old stories. We'll do the idea of reviewing some animated um, episodes. You know what? What we could do is we could, what? You want to watch, like, from the beginning? And just start like reviewing those. Yeah. Or do you just want to pick favorite episodes? We we can do from the beginning because, like I said, I'm pretty sure I said it last episode. I have not mm-hmm. watched the entire series at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I've watched it multiple times. Um. But yeah, we could definitely do that, and I guess maybe we could try to tie it into some comics or something. You know what? We'll maybe pick out some of our favorite Batman stories, or like I said, maybe we'll watch some Batman videos. I literally saw a random-ass video titled today. I didn't watch the video, but it's like, how Batman would defeat the coronavirus. Oh, uh, so, my <laughs> so, people are out there trying to make some content, so that's pretty hilarious. Reaction but video. I, boom. Yeah, no, that video's so long, man. And I, I know the creator, and... <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know the creator personally, but I know the creator, and that video wouldn't be great to react to. So, um, yeah, but it was just, I thought it was just an interesting title because it had Batman like with his fist up, and it had the coronavirus on the other side of it. Like he was about <laughs> to fight it. <laughs> it was a great thumbnail. Um, but, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it. We, uh, you know, we really appreciate you guys sticking with us. Hope you guys do stick around. We will be giving you content. Uh, since I am home, until the 4th, uh, I am live streaming every day on twitch.tv slash juice from the box. And I will be putting out content on the Juice Reacts channel and the Bat from the Box channel. So definitely keep an eye out for those. I don't know what you're going to be up to, Clay, if you want to let them know about anything. I am going to be on a Fanboy Comics podcast uh, several days throughout these two weeks. Uh, so I am also on Anchor. And you can also find the Comic Book Legion podcast. Uh, on anywhere that you have a uh, podcast listening, whether that be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever, uh, I will be doing that as well. And I may throw in some live streams every once in a while. I started Arkham Knight again last night on my own. That's how you're and, playing that, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I put on the, because uh, they gave out for free the anime Batman. So the movie that oh, really? you watched... Yeah, the movie that yeah. you watched uh, that had mm-hmm. the different the versions stories. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one that was very much anime style. Uh, they have that mm-hmm. suit in the game now. And I've been playing with oh, that. Nice. And it looks really cool. So That's uh, pretty dope. I'm glad that they're still making suits for that game. Which is yeah. nuts. So, so I'm, I I'm always playing Arkham Knight. I am also playing, just because it's the apocalypse right now, I'm playing Darksiders, the very first one. Uh, so <laughs> okay. I'm... I'm switching between those. Uh, yeah. 
And yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. Cool. Well, that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. As always, I'm your host, Juice Wayne. He is Fanboy Clay. Remember, Batman is awesome. Batman! News Weekly! Batman!